This is Coda Radio, episode 195 for March 7th, 2016. Welcome to Coder Radio, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show, taking a pragmatic look at the art and business of software development and related technologies. This episode is brought to you by our two fine sponsors, DigitalOcean and Linux Academy. I'll tell you more about those great sponsors as this here show goes on. My name is Chris, and joining us now, once again, recovered and fired up. Why, yes, it's your host, Mr. Michael Dominic. Hello there, Michael. Well, recovering, I mean... You know, I'm not ready to late to slap my little Donald on the table and be like, Bam. no, 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 of course not. No, I didn't mean to imply that you were all fired up and ready to go here, but I was going to say uh, I am the most fabulous whiner. You are like your your 70 percent is like uh, is like another man's 90 percent. You you sound like those girls in Vietnam. Oh, never mind. Whoa. Oh. So I'm just saying, uh, however, if either one of us is miserable today. Uh, I think I might take the cake because uh, I am doing the show with wet hair, dripping wet, Ooh. like down my face, and I got a wet, I got a wet shirt on. Uh, you know, Michael, I, I had this insight. Uh, I don't know what it's like where you live, but the cost of living where I live is extremely high. And I've chosen an independent line of work that isn't uh, overly uh, rich living. And so I thought, hey, you know what? Yep. I'm going to do. I'm going to game the system. And instead of go get it, getting a big house that I have to take care of that I don't have time for with a yard and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to live in a mobile recreational vehicle known as an RV, a Class A RV. So I did this. I got an RV, and I got this great spot I live in, right? It's beautiful, wonderful. I don't pay much to live there. It's, it's a good compromise for me. However, mm, they build these things under an assumption, Mike. You know when you're, when you're building a product or a code or a project or a, right. even a sandwich, when you make a couple of assumptions from the beginning that turn out not to be true, like you don't have cheese. The thing about that is that continues to bite you for the rest of that sandwich-making process. So here's what I'm talking about. The Class A motorhome is designed to be perfectly level pretty much at all times. And uh, the less level you are, the less things work right. Uh, it starts with your, uh, your shower. Uh, it, it just leaks all out, you know, just all over the floor uh, because, you know, you're off kilter a little bit. And, of course, it's designed such that there's certain ways for water to run and when it doesn't run that way, it leaks. Uh, if you go even more kilter, then maybe things like your slides might leak just a little bit of water. Not much, but, you know, maybe a little bit might come in just depending on how much the vehicle is leaning. And on older rigs, like the fridge doesn't even work. It just shuts off. Now, those are on the older ones. Uh, so this morning I'm like, well, it is pouring. It's a, it, is a, it is an El Nino tsunami. Here in the Pacific Northwest, I should probably level this thing out a little bit because uh, we're going to have some water flowing in the wrong direction, going through things we don't want to go through. Well, how long could that take? Long story short, uh, I was out in the rain for like 40 minutes. I, I got in the studio late, cramming food in my mouth, still soaking wet, totally drenched, but pretty fired up about today's show. I mean, even then, I'm still excited about today's show because coming up, today's episode of Coda Radio Something we've been chatting about for a long time finally happened, and we've had some time to sort of reflect on it, and last week, hopefully, you got a chance to catch up on some of our previous coverage of Xamarin, or as I like to say, Xamarin, uh, of their acquisition by Microsoft. In fact, um, just a couple of days ago, it was actually approved by the FTC, so now it's actually 100% legit. 
as uh, the previous coverage was just the announcement of the acquisition. The actual approval by the FTC didn't happen until the 4th of March. So, uh, and the announcement was on February 27th. A lot to gra- a lot of ground to cover this week, Mr. Dominic. Exactly as I had foreseen. By oh, the way. really? I, I, I you you really thought you thought maybe this was going to happen? You thought there's a possibility here? Yeah, really? I didn't know. Really? Episode, dude. Oh, yeah. did we? Oh, dude, I'm totally. I, 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 by the way, by the <laughs> way, let's just let's just get this out of the way. Okay. All right. I'm ready. Zamarian is something you made up. Right. Xamarin yes. is the name of a cross-platform C-sharp development hey, toolkit. Hold on. See, I want to. I, I I know this is obnoxious, but you see, I have to quibble because uh, the purpose of language is to convey a concept or thought. And uh, did I did I did I not accomplish that task? If I call him Zamarian or Zamarian, you accomplished. I was listening to you in the damn hospital, thinking I could just get up and like use my phone to tether in right now. <laughs> Listen, stop this. Here's my problem: is uh, I, I, this all went off the rails for me. Uh, when Novell was purchased by Attachmate. And from that time on, I have never been able to see this as a viable platform. And I do not mean disrespect to them, uh, but I've never – so I've never really invested myself in, in it as a product because it, it always seemed like this was the inevitable uh, outcome of it. And I remember when we called it Mono and uh, that was – it was just Mono. It wasn't a big separate company that had to be created because Attachmate couldn't be bothered to even fund them. I mean, let's be honest here. This is what happened: is Attachmate looked at this and this is this is not a viable business for us, and they they just they they laid off Miguel de Casa, and some of it he he poached some of the team members, and some of them some of them were probably also laid off. I don't remember the details, and they set up Xamarin. That's where Xamarin came from. So I've never been hugely impressed uh, with Miguel's analysis on events or on okay. his product so i've never i that's why i mean not to go off on a tie right here but xamarin zamarian tomato tomato okay so do we want to just dive into this i don't know i, I do do you want to uh do you want to oh, or? oh i have lots to say about okay. this i mean i can do a full show on it in fact okay. i was i was listening pained to you last week i really and then we did so i listened to you and then we did the super tuesday coverage well that was fun because no one can resurrect me like the Donald. Yeah, you know, and I got to say, a little bit of a bummer is because of that power outage, the first part of the Super Tuesday coverage didn't go out, which was great. Oh, no. But still, you still had, you still had great analysis in the episode in the second half. But the uh, second half was still really solid and had good momentum. But the first half was really good. I mean, and I love that because – so Mike joined me on Unfilter and uh, uh, just to stretch his legs a bit. And uh, I just called him up and we just started the show immediately. Like as soon as, as, soon as yeah. Mike was on the line and that was, that was fun. Um, which is almost close to what we do here. Uh, so yeah, that was a good. That was a good. Sh- I don't know how people. I haven't looked at the feedback because I know some people. That was for me. That was an. That was an opportunity to try a new format and exercise something in a in a semi relevant way. Uh, I don't plan to do a lot of those, but I thought it was kind of fun. So yeah, thank you for joining me on that. That was really good. Oh, thank you, thank you. It gave me something to do. Uh, so you're you're feeling up to uh, d- diving right in. You're ready, health wise. You're good. I, I think I think we just have to do it. Right? Okay. Like, All right. So uh, obviously this is uh, something that people are kicking around a lot, and there's a lot of different angles I think we could take on this. A couple of the big ones uh, that we could just sort of begin to nom on and then expand out from there is some people are saying total blunder. Microsoft is uh, is really uh, screwing themselves here, and other people are saying. The move they had to make, this is going to guarantee Azure lock-in. Do you have a particular feeling which, which, which direction you want to start from? Okay, so 
I can give I you think, the arguments I think from we should side make, if you're interested. I think we should make the – so I'm actually fairly positive on this. So if you want to be the negative Nancy, you can go ahead and be the negative Nancy, and I'll be the four guy. Okay, all right. All right, so Microsoft traditionally is pretty popular among enterprise developers, right? Can we just stipulate that? Yeah, for sure. Okay. And a lot of development is currently happening in the mobile space. Unless, well, I guess, you know, uh, I don't want to not leave room. That's a bad sentence. But I I don't want to leave Java out of the conversation in the enterprise. That's where it has a pretty significant deployment. And I don't know how much of that is being done in a, a, you know, in a Microsoft-centric ecosystem. I'm sure it's probably happening on the Windows platform, but. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Um you know, it's weird. I I still see a ton of Microsoft out there, man. I mean, oh yeah, absolutely. I yeah, absolutely. I just I also want to give a nod to a lot of enterprise development happening. And, well, you know, and I know I know a couple of different guys that are full time uh, full time full time Perl developers. Like they just work at their organization writing back end Perl. But I think you're right. I think the majority probably falls to VB, uh, ASP.NET, um, all of that stuff, and including the Microsoft SQL right. services, all of the back end stuff is is got to be huge, right? Well, and and, and just share. Point development by itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah that it's is a, a thick, thing. juicy market. Ugh. Ugh. It's like rancid meat, though. You know, I have dallied and dillied and, and tarried and played and snuggled and vomited with Xamarin several times. Mm-hmm. I've noticed. Um, thank you. I've had mixed feelings on it, though more recently, much more positive feelings. My. Mm, I think this is only good for Xamarin, right? For Xamarin as a product. Being bought yeah. by Microsoft. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, if you listen back to some of the old shows we covered on Xamarin, my biggest complaint was you, they don't have enough resources to actually do the job they're trying to do correctly. As you go forward, uh, as you're about to continue here, just keep in the back of your mind, what was Xamarin's plan now that uh, Microsoft is putting more and more code up on GitHub? What was exactly Xamarin going to do long run here to stay super competitive? Uh, what was their long-term strategy to really become a super valuable company? Well, what do you mean? Well, I mean, Microsoft OpenSourcing.net only helped them, right? I don't know if that's actually true. Long-term. I think initially for sure, yeah, because, yes, I think initially. Long-term, though, I don't know if I – well, I guess it goes back to my skepticism as as them as a company. But, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, the problem the, – the value prop with Xamarin is there is some set of – you know, they really have two customers, right? There are some set of .NET developers – who want to get into mobile but don't have the time or, or willingness to, you know, learn mobile. Then there's another set of mobile developers who want to go cross-platform but don't want to do it HTML5. Yeah. Um, because, know. you know, I I've guess, been on you know what? Yeah. You know what? You know what? You know what this sounds like? This sounds like you and I are in 1998 right now and we're discussing the reason why Java is, re- is relevant. This sounds like all of the same justifications for Java. And I guess what I'm getting at with this is I think Xamarin right now – or Xamarin, what is Xamarin, whatever uh, – is um, their best value. This is the best value that they were ever going to get for their company unless unless the, the Microsoft.net stuff really continued to gain a lot of momentum in the wider public, uh, which uh, the promise would be, well, by, by doing so, uh, .NET developers can bring their applications to the Android and iOS platform. Uh, this is the promise of Java and, and, and HTML5 applications that continues to be, this is going to be a great idea. And we all sit back and we nod our heads and go, hmm, yeah, that does seem like a quite a good idea and technically possible. Therefore, it should be done. And meanwhile, anytime you see a serious application out there that, is, that people are really putting uh, effort behind, it's very rarely uh, top-to-bottom shared code. And it just never really seems to be something that actually takes off in the marketplace without 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 some exceptions, for sure, like – 
Well, really, I can't think of many, but there are definitely some exceptions. So my point is, Zimmerian was only going to get more valuable if .NET continued to be con- uh, adopted and grew a lot as a platform. There is definitely a possibility that is going to happen. There is also a possibility that this promise that has been promised since the 90s is still not going to get enough traction, and it won't happen. All right. Well, let me challenge you on that a little bit because I've been to many a sales call with Xamarin people and um, you know where they were trying to sell me Xamarin, right? That's what they were doing. They strongly will tell you that Xamarin is not like Java from the 90s. Xamarin is native development, just wrappered, right? I don't mean I – I do not mean to make any comparisons of anything other than the concept. Well, they, but they would argue it's a totally different concept. That's yeah, what I'm but I'm, and I'm talking I'm talking when you are looking at a decision from, from, a, from, from a business standpoint, that's really what the argument is though. They can so say I, it's whatever they want, but if, if people are sitting there around, around, a, around a meeting table making business decisions, it's really going to be about bringing all their time invested, all of their hard or you know what do they call it, blood and, blood and treasury that they've put into their code all, over all these years. It's really about getting use out of that and not about all the other things Zamarian or Xamarin may claim it is. In my opinion, it really is truly about reusing code. It's about reusing code on the business logic layer, right? But that's a big difference than the old uh, than yes. the old Java argument of straight up recompile it for a different. That's platform. why it always seemed like a great idea to me, in the sense that the concept is solid. It just never seems like anything that actually appeals to people in in mass. Well, I, I think the dirty little secret about developers who need cross platform tools is we don't we actually want that Java buy, right? We're willing to make compromises to get that because. We really do want to just compile it for a different platform. Um, you know, for me, in my eyes, all these cross-platform tools, Xamarin included, are a cost-cutting measure, right? They have nothing to do, and I know Xamarin salespeople are probably rolling in their chairs if they're listening, but what if you want the best app, do two native apps and spend twice the money. Yeah, and really? you actually – I see that seems to be the more successful recipe. And often that means one platform gets it before the other platform. But Or in some cases, things like Linux never get a version, which sucks. But that seems to be the reality. That seems to be what works in the marketplace. I, I guess – yeah. I mean it just yeah. – the, the promise of this is is solid. It really is. So I don't mean to devalue that, but it just never seems to have really – I mean, I actually think it's a pretty strong platform if you know what you're getting into, right? And you're you're not getting, unless you're talking about Xamarin Forms, which still pretty much doesn't work. Um, Can I give guys. you? So uh, not to not to steal the pro, but here's where I think this is why an acquisition does make sense because Xamarin as itself struggles to really define here where where it's going to be super valuable or if it'll take off as a component of a Microsoft Azure cloud offering. I actually think there's some traction here. Here's a couple of things. It seems to be Microsoft is pulling back pretty much, you know, pretty openly on their mobile plan, cutting that way back. They obviously are doubling down on Azure and making enterprise device owners want to have connections to Azure, either through on-premises and cloud. Uh, and I would argue that Zamarian, what you could do is you could take the, all, their, all their technology and produce a framework that lets developers write programs that are easily connected into Azure services. Now – you make this something like very easy to use and multiple platforms. Hey, here's a framework. It uses this. Now you can, you can connect this with your application and you can take full advantage of Azure's XYZ feature du jour of the time. 
Uh, I think I think as a part of an overall platform offering, it's extremely attractive because now it's a feature, right? Of their Azure cloud platform. So you're saying that they develop some sort of toolkit in addition to Xamarin or as now a new component of Xamarin that is basically super parse-like, really. I mean, Yes, is, exactly. Yes. Okay, they already have that. It's called Azure Mobile Services. There's already a Xamarin component. And I, would, I would argue that what they're going to do is they're going to scrap most of that stuff, and they're gonna, this is going to be the basis of it. That would be, here's why I say that, Mike, is because I thought it was particularly notable that when Microsoft announced this acquisition, it was the guy that runs the Azure Cloud division that made the announcement. That's a big. I think that's a. I think that's something you don't just. It wasn't Satya Nadella. Well, who else would have made the announcement? Satya Nadella. No, not for something this small. I, I actually think it's more relevant that it. He he makes all kind. He they announced a version of Office for the iPad, and he he makes the announcement. I think honestly, I think it tells you where they feel this fits into their overall strategy. Now, I, maybe I'm wrong in the implementation, but I, I to think me. They, I think they feel like their their developer story going forward is an Azure thing, right? But that doesn't mean that, you know, to use Xamarin, you have to use Azure. I don't see that future. I see it makes sense. It may be, you know, more cost effective. But let's 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 just pare back a little. Well, and remember though, I'm not I'm not saying that they're selling it on the merits of the Xamarin stuff on its own. It's now part of an overall feature set that might tip the scales that direction. It's now it's one more thing that when you go this direction you get this stuff. That's really so, what it comes down to. You go this way, you get this. And if there's more things that when you go this way that you like, that's the that's the direction you pick. Really, it's that vague because people that are making the decisions are businessy type of people. So just come down this little line of thought with me. Go to store.xamarin.com. Store.xamarin.com. Roger that. Okay, what am I looking for here? Now, this is a very you nice see store. Three, three pricing, uh, three yes, pricing yes. levels. I see categories here. You could say indie, business, and enterprise, which we've looked at yeah. in the past. Yeah, I- indie does not come with Visual Studio integration. That's right, and it does not come with uh, link to SQL, basically, and a bunch of support. But no one cares about the support. Really, you care about the Visual Studio integration and link to SQL. Business is thousand dollars per person. So per seat, per platform. So if you have developers who have compiled both platforms, that would be $2,000 a year per developer. And that's where you get you know, the actual usable version of Xamarin with Link to SQL mm-hmm. and uh, Visual Studio. Now, this, in my opinion, has always been the Achilles heel of Xamarin because the level of work that they were doing to try to have any semblance of cash flow, they had to charge a ton. Don't you think that Microsoft could just make Xamarin a offering of MSDN for their enterprise customers, right? This is just another carrot to keep you in the Microsoft ecosystem. I would not be surprised if it all was free. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, do you, Really, Mike, does Microsoft care? Like, Xamarin has only, like, what was it, 20,000 customers? Mike, this is, like I said, this is just a feature for Microsoft. They can, this is, they that's can easily saying. write this off as overall cost of the Azure platform. And and because this is now, uh, this is and and now they have direct influence over future features here. This is for them. See, I was going to try to play the hardball, but this for them really is a great purchase, uh, and it just makes uh, so it, much more it, sense because I don't think without this, Zamarian Xamarin is is nearly as competitive. Well, it really is because one Xamarin needs to not cost two grand exactly, like, exactly, yeah, uh, especially for like the one that's good. Right. That's kind of a bummer. Like you want uh, you want like online business uh, questions and support, you got to pay $2000 a year. You know that's 
that's a little rough. The, you know, you'll remember late 90s, early 2000s, there was this concept of a Microsoft developer, right? Someone who simply was like everything they did was Microsoft. Oh, yeah. Period. There's, that's still a concept. That's still a thing. That's still a concept, <laughs> but it's kind of fallen apart now with mobile, right? They tried to jump on a phone gap. Remember when a couple of years ago they made this big hoopla about Visual Studio integrating with phone gap and Cordova? And it kind of didn't work for them. Not a lot of people crossed over. Not a lot of .NET developers really picked up on it. This is the way where you can go to a trade school, learn .NET, which many trade schools teach, by the way, or they used to teach. I think they still do and be a full-stack Microsoft shop, a full C-sharp shop. And just everything you do is in C-sharp. You have, you know, as the owner of the shop, you might like that because, well, you know, it's nice when you don't have too many heroes on your team, right? When, when your developers are somewhat interchangeable. Okay, so I want to pause here uh, because I think there is something the audience is probably screaming right now. Uh, so we will get to that in a moment. First, I'm going to thank... Linux Academy for sponsoring the Coder Radio program. Go to linuxacademy.com slash coders to support the show as a way to say thanks to Mike and I and to learn more about Linux Academy. So go to linuxacademy.com slash coders to get the Coder Radio discount and then dig around and learn about what a cool platform it is. They have step-by-step video guides that you can get really great comprehensive courseware. You can download and take it offline, audio, text, 2,323 videos. Jeez Louise, that number keeps going up. What's great is the courseware comes with its own server, spins it up on demand when you need it. You get SSH into that. Seven plus distros to choose from. Scenario-based labs. This is really clever. And I think a big, uh, probably maybe undersold aspect is the instructor help. I don't really know how to, to really underscore how important instructor mentoring is on courseware like this because we're talking about all of the things around Linux. Uh, you want to go get your Red Hat certifications, they've got great courseware on that. You want to learn Python or Ruby or Android development or even PHP, just don't tell Mike. They've got courseware on that. And they've got the best courseware, really. I mean, this stuff is – what I like about it is they've been hiring staff to go back and continue to comb through it. Make sure it stays relevant. Make sure it stays fresh and good. And that is so useful for things like their Amazon Web Services that are constantly getting new changes from Amazon. You've got to stay on top of that. Make sure you're getting the best stuff. They have a great community stack full of Jupyter Broadcasting members. They have some really clever systems that allow you to really tell the system how much time you have available. And they'll automatically adjust and create courseware around that. And if you're like me and you're a little exam shy, they have quizzes that will help you get ready for testing. And they have real-time feedback for some of the courseware to tell you where you're making a mistake. It's really nice and really smart. OpenStack as well. I don't mention that as often anymore, but they also have great OpenStack courseware over there. Go check them out at linuxacademy.com slash coders. And a big thank you to Linux Academy for sponsoring the Coder Radio program. That's linuxacademy.com slash coders. Okay, so I think the audience is probably screaming at the uh, podcast player right now. Hey, you guys. Hey, I got a great alternative already. It's called QT. In fact, uh... I believe oh. it was D. Trobe that wrote in with the last with the last episode based on Zamarian, and the next probably take a lot or talk a lot about it. I hear a lot of complaints about how they have a Zamarian or Zamarian or Zamarin. Which one do you like, Zamarin? Uh, Zamarin. It is okay. correctly pronounced. Zamarin. Right, that's the one you like. Okay, but with QT no, and simply, it's not a, it's not a huh? preference. Damn it. <laughs> uh-huh. But, uh huh. But with QT, that I'm sorry, Qt, that simply isn't true. Qt can deploy to more platforms: Linux, BSD, Mac, Windows, Desktop, x86, x64, and 
ARM, iOS, Android, WinMo. That's a lot more than C Sharp and Zamarian, which is Mac, Windows, Desktop, iOS, and Android. Yes, Qt is, a C, is C++, but the Qt framework protects you from many of the hardships of C++, like memory saving. Qt Creator ID, I'm sorry, the Qt Creator IDE is the second best full-fledged IDE out there, <laughs> Visual Studio being his best. You know, Xamarin Studio is okay, but Qt's documentation is some of the best out there also, and licensing issues have been taken care of. So, Mike, what the hell, man? What about Qt? I think you guys are on crack. You really think so? I mean, it, I don't know. I, I, I don't think there's a whole lot of people doing mobile development on Qt. I mean, I, or, I'm sorry, it's called Qt. I agree, but, you know, I always get feedback to call it cute. And so now we're playing Mr. Grammar Nazis today. I got to call, I got to call everything like it is, Antergaros, and et cetera. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> <wow>. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't, um, you know, I don't know, right? Because how many people are, how many people are actually doing things in, on the mobile side and, you know, want to write it in C++, right? Yeah, that's true. That would be, I think, the big barrier to cute. That's got to be. Cutie pie, cutie baby, cutie mark. hey oh, Yeah, okay. All right, that's fine. All right, and I just have a couple of other points, and then we'll move, then we'll continue on. Okay. Uh, so Stephen J. Von Hoff-Nicholas, uh, he says Microsoft's purchase is a blunder. And I'll just give you the highlights, just a real quick, couple quick points to get your thoughts. In the end, few Linux developers outside of Mono's immediate circle ever used Mono's implementation of .NET framework or c sharp since then mono's developers changed targets instead of trying to be net and c sharp programs to linux they would focus on bringing them to android and ios and mac os this works better but not good enough for the mono team to survive its parent company's novell acquisition and downsizing by attachment in 2011 attachment laid off mono team to kelly because of the founder of zamarian or i'm sorry zamarin with an equivalency of 48 or uh, 82 million in venture capital gave it a go Microsoft's hope, he believes, is that Mono will give, uh, will give it away for its .NET and C-sharp developers to make universal mobile applications for Android and iOS. Yep. This is why Microsoft recently killed its Android Windows to bridge program. I heard a different rumor. <clears throat> the, okay, well, hold on. The goal oh, – yeah. this is the last part. The goal, uh, the dream, is that Microsoft will enable programs, uh, programmers – I know – will enable programs to port their C-sharp and .NET framework programs – on everything from Android, iOS, and Linux, and the Mac. But he argues that this didn't work. That's always sounded like a good idea, but really never took off. The universal application comma code base promise sounds good, but once more, come to think of it, sounds a lot like Java. Okay, you know what? I actually had not read this before I said all that stuff earlier, and that is totally my take, too, is right. it honestly feels like uh, it does seem like a good idea. That's why I don't think it works on its own, uh, but I do think it works standalone. Do you have any specific thoughts on response to Stephen Jay there? So I have a couple of things. One, on the uh, Android bridge, I have heard from an independent source, but also it was reported on therat.com. I like Paul Therat. But don't mention iOS or Android, it makes him sad. Um, that, And this is the same thing, and I've heard it twice, so I'm going to assume it's true. I, okay. That the problem with the Android bridge was that unlike the iOS bridge, it wasn't like recompiling your app. It was simply bringing your app over, and it worked way too well, i.e. your Android APK could come right over. Which, why would that be bad for Windows Phone? Well, yeah, it was I'm awful not for, Well, remember BlackBerry? They did that. So, so they basically got it. They basically they built a runtime for Android applications. So what would happen? And again, I cannot confirm this independently. This is, a, this is a th- one part throttle rumor. Okay. I'll one take a throttle rumor. rumor. Yeah. 
with another independent source who should know. I'll put it to you that way. Okay. It seems and it sounds like, again, I haven't seen anything myself, but I've only been told what would happen is effectively, you know, a little more complicated than this, but effectively you could take your Android app straight over to Windows Phone to the point where Windows Phone was now just another OEM for Android as far as you cared. Without the play services. <laughs> Without the play services, and you could optionally implement the Microsoft uh, like live tiles and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So huh. why would Microsoft not want you to do that? And interestingly enough, oh, two, two and a half weeks after I hear that rumor, they buy Xamarin. <laughs> so it seems like, hmm, so you don't want people just bringing over their binaries to your platform. And you're giving us a way to write for other platforms in your language. It definitely feels like, again, I don't, I don't want to keep harking back to it, but they're trying to get back to the old days of, you know, Microsoft developers. I know it's not gone, but it feels gone for me because, hmm. I mean, it's pretty gone, Chris. I mean, remember Microsoft used to just be the default? Yes. I mean, it, it's changed. I yeah. know they're still around and I know they're fine, but, it, you know... How many uh, how many Windows servers are you running right now? Well, that's yeah. I mean, I go. I know. I know. I know. But still. and how many servers total are you running? <laughs> oh boy, that's a good yeah. question. More than a dozen now. Okay, and zero of them are Windows, or maybe yeah. one for like a Samba no, server. I don't have no, literally no, none no, of them are Windows. Yeah. Same here. So, <laughs> you know, I, I even ended up closing my last few Azure uh, Azure instances. I. I really f- and those were open to Azure, by the way. It's just that insult to injury. I don't think that this is about Windows Phone, right? I don't think this is about cross-platform. I think this is about winning the hearts and minds, and and frankly, butts and seats of developers now. Hmm. And I don't even think it's about current iOS and Android developers, you know, because this is another topic for next week. But the app market is basically taking a giant deuce, right? Like. It is hard to close development deals that are not, you know, like staff augmentation deals. It is hard to make money selling an app. There, it is hard to get customers to pay you anything for using an app. You know, um, and if you have an app idea, you're probably you really need to think about marketing and some I, other. I challenges. think I think you're right, but I think you're missing. I think you're missing the bigger point here, which Hit me is maybe one more time. Well, here's my thought: is. Uh, you're mostly right. The app market is tanking. But where the app market, there's only two places where there's any viability. And that's iOS and Android. Um, you know, I, I, the, uh, there was, uh, well, we should probably save some of this for next week. But there was a couple of articles, actually, in the following weeks, that, or in the last couple of weeks that came out. They basically just say the well, middle of the app store is completely gutted right well, now. Well, the Verge one, right? The one that uh, that was one, that, yeah, that was just shared. Yeah, the app store bankruptcy. I mean that. Oh, that, oh okay. Yeah, there's now there's 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 two linked in our subreddit right now. Right, and there's uh, yeah, well, maybe we should go into it a little because you know if you're developing apps, you're probably not making money, right? The gold rush is over. You are probably developing for enterprises if you're making money. You're definitely not making money on the Microsoft Store. Okay, but you but you say that like you know it's not like you're making ten grand off of an app on iOS and no. zero on Microsoft. You're making zero on all platforms. <laughs> so the fact that you have more downloads on iOS is, I would argue, is a cost, right? Because now you have users that you supposedly need to support. Hmm. Um, you know, viability in terms of. You know, I can turn on my iPhone every week, and there's a slew of new apps that people really don't need, right? <laughs> I mean, honestly, and this is not, you know, 
as a guy who makes his living building apps for people, I've actually been turning people away saying, you know what, you don't want to do this. And part of it's selfish because, you know, when they make no money, they'll probably be upset and God knows what they'll try to do. But the other part of it is you really don't want to do this. Like, there is no viable business model that doesn't require significant marketing capital. So what does that mean? It means that the app stores, the app market, the mobile space is now like every other software space. You have to have deep pockets and an actual business plan, right? And a budget. And that business plan can't be, I'm going to sell this per unit for 99 cents or $1.99. So here's my thought is uh, you're dancing all around the core thing here. And uh, it all comes back to Microsoft. And then it all comes back to a huge admission on their part. Microsoft has been a fascinating company for me to watch. Uh, I've had essentially the opportunity of my entire life to watch family members work there and close friends work there. Uh, a business partner at one point worked there. Uh, uh, my old co-host Brian worked there for a period of time. I've spent lots, I've had lots of opportunities down there and, and then to watch them here and, and watch them from a way that I think a lot of you probably don't watch companies except for the ones that are local to you, like the way they're affecting your local economy when they lay 5,000 people off in one day yeah. or the way the traffic, you know, all of a sudden changes depending on what Microsoft is. It's been a fascinating company to watch. And one thing I've definitely learned, and I think you see this now, a lot of people have learned this, is Microsoft will say one thing and do another thing. And so you have to judge Microsoft on their actions more so than most any other company. Uh, a lot of companies, I think, to some degree, feel accountable for what they say and will stick to it. Microsoft will say one thing and do something else. You see like a lot leading up to the Windows 10 release if you watch some of the things there. But my point is if you follow their actions, the purchase of Zamarian is in line with something they are saying very loudly and that is – Holy give- shit balls, Chris. Can I just interrupt you for late breaking news? Yeah, hold on. Literally. Hold, hold on. We have, yeah, what is it, Mike? What's cool? We have breaking news. Yeah, what is it? This is CNN Breaking News. Microsoft Microsoft announces SQL Server on Linux. Are you kidding me? I, I just sent you the link in chat. I love it! Oh my god. This is Holy so- crap. Oh. And there's a little heart because we need a little... <laughs> off f***ing deep end. They are totally off the map. No, where here. is that? Where is the link? Where is the I link? I just linked it in IRC. Is IRC not working? I don't know. I don't know. IRC's I'm freaking out so much right, right now. I'll link it to you. Wait, wait, wait. I Somebody got, link it in the chat room. I'm freaking out right now. I'm freaking out. SQL Server. I'm in Skype. I got it. No, Skype's no good. Skype's no good. I got to have it in the chat room. Are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding me right now I with this? I find that incredible. All right, I'm just going to refresh my page. I'm going to go. I'm just going to go Google it right now. Microsoft SQL Linux. This is this is I mean, I guess it, I I guess now I have to download and install SQL. It's been a while. Uh, wait, yeah. Okay, no, it's the driver it looks like. It looks like maybe it's the driver. I'm not sure what's going on. I don't on. know. I just saw the headline stream by my feed here, and I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Microsoft from- offer version of SQL Server for Linux. Yeah, there you go. There you go, Mike. Huh. With this week... This Thursday at our data-driven event in New York, we will kick off a wave of launch activities for SQL Server 2016. This is from Microsoft's blog. Holy crap. That's a big deal. That's a huge deal. That was like their secret sauce in the back end, right? Okay, so this kind of goes in line with what I'm thinking. Oh, this is interesting. Oh, this This, is crazy. Okay, this... 
It's fascinating. This could not have been better timing. Oh my gosh, this is crazy to me. This is really hello, everybody. I am. This is blowing my mind because I was really about to say something that I think this totally backs up, and confirms. Okay, uh, hit me. Okay, all right. You know what I'm going to do, Mike. I, I got to take a moment and I got to thank DigitalOcean first. I got I got to say thanks to DigitalOcean. So Mike asked me how many servers I've got. I got droplets. I actually have one physical server. Set that up when we moved into the studio and thought, oh, this will be how I do it. I'll use a virtualizer here in the studio. What a pain in the butt even to manage just a few machines. What a pain in the butt. And the droplets make it so straightforward and beautiful with the simple backup system, straightforward API. Use the promo code CODER Digital, get a $10 credit, and go try one. An Ubuntu rig or a Fedora rig or Debian or CoreOS. Yeah, they even got free BSD. They got a whole bunch of distros you can choose from different versions too. Data centers all over the place in New York, San Francisco, Singapore, Amsterdam, London, Toronto, and Germany. They just are great, too, with 40 gigabit e-connections to those hypervisors, all SSDs, in less than 55 seconds. You're going to get up and going with 512 megabytes of RAM, 20 gigabyte SSD, blazing fast CPU, and a terabyte of transfer for just $5 a month. So if you use our promo code, Coder Digital, oh, then you get the $10 credit, drive the $5 rig two months for free. Or, uh, you know, actually, just go take a look at their pricing, too. It's super easy and straightforward. So uh, by default, it's tabbed to monthly. But if you click it over to hourly, $0.03 cents an hour for a rig with 2 gigabytes of RAM, 2 cores on the Blazing Fast CPU there, 40 gigabyte SSD, and 3 terabytes. Holy crap. 3 terabytes of transfer for $0.03 cents an hour. Now, uh, think about this. There is a ton of code already out there you can use that uses the API to spin up a droplet. You deploy your image or you deploy your system or you could even have something that's already snapshotted and offline that you just spin up, use it for a couple of hours. Honestly, now, when it's something I'm going to do on the command line, I don't even bother like messing around with my, my, with my daily driver. I'll just spin up a rig on DigitalOcean. I'll do the work. And if I want to keep it for later on, I, I just shut it down or take a snapshot of it. It's really nice. And when the hourly pricing's there, and it's so easy to just go look at it so you know what to expect, it's really straightforward. But when you use the promo code CODER DIGITAL, oh, man. Go oh. oh. use the promo code and look at some of the tutorials they have. Tons and tons and tons of really good tutorials. And then get you started with one-click deployments, too. DigitalOcean.com. Use the promo code CODER DIGITAL. And a big thanks to DigitalOcean for sponsoring the CODER Radio program. Yeah, I should try the SQL server on a DigitalOcean droplet. <laughs> wow. Okay, so I was, saying, I was saying you have to judge Microsoft by their actions. And truly, uh, it, they have been an interesting company to watch. And one thing that I definitely think we've all begun to notice, it, and sometimes we realize it at different levels, and it's obvious when I say it, but I think they are truly, honestly giving up on the Microsoft, Microsoft, Microsoft. And I think this is where you have it wrong when they're trying to make more Microsoft developers. I think they're trying to make more Azure type developers. I think they're trying to make uh, – I want. I think what they honestly want is, a, is as simple as this. If you're going to be developing and, and creating technology, they just want you using Microsoft stuff somehow. And if that means SQL Server on Linux or that means uh, buying Zamarian or Xamarin and making all of those tools free, if that's what it takes. Because here's what I think they're actually implicitly stating. Hard, hard stop right here. Android has won. Now we just want you to have tools to make great applications for Android and likely iOS. Windows Mobile, Windows Platform isn't even in there. We have all of these hooks for our cloud infrastructure that you can use. You can, it's really about Android now. They're making big bets on Cyanogen for some reason, uh, which people seem to like, and they're, they're, they're continuing to do so, so they must be having some success there. And I, I honestly think that – I actually think why they're investing in Cyanogen 
is to just have some hedge in an influential cutting-edge Android group. I think that's honestly their goal there, and to get more Bing users. And, and they're making the move, there, like with, with SQL out for Linux, what they're really saying is you can now go build your Android applications with our technology using our back-end infrastructure. And the reason they're, they're not putting out like some crazy-ass enterprise SQL server for Linux, look at that. What they're putting out there is the server that people that are writing on the Linux platform might need to use. When they're using right. Visual Studio Code, they can now have a nice, easy-to-use SQL server that you could spin up on a droplet or spin up on your local rig to do SQL development. That's the, that's the server they've released. And then when you're ready to go full-time, well, guess what? <laughs> we got a great solution for that. I think what they're stating here by this Xamarin purchase and this Android release, or I'm sorry, Linux release, is that Android has one. Give up on they're giving up on their on their mobile platform. I don't know. I mean, I hate to ask this question, but how are they going to make money? Okay, so check this out. Uh, Microsoft has announced a crap ton of conferences and hackathons for uh, Xamarin stuff. So, so they've already had one uh, on March first uh, in Seattle. Uh, they've already they've have they're having one today. In uh, where is this? Uh, I don't know. And they're having one tomorrow in DC. If you can make it down there, this is the uh, Xamarin Navigation or Xamarin Navigation Patterns with Xamarin MVP Dan Hearns uh, for the .NET Developer Group. And then go on this whole list. There's a whole list here. I'll link in the show notes. It's all about cloud and Xamarin, cloud enterprise Xamarin, enterprise cloud Oracle mm-hmm. Xamarin. Uh, C-Sharp Developers Group here, oh. Patterns and Xamarin Forms, Xamarin MVP, Dan Herms again. He seems to be going around. He's going to be so, in Boston, it, too. So they're, they're really hitting, hitting the ground running on this, then. They're, like, yeah. ready to do it. Yeah, they, yeah, must be, they just must be adopting over some conferences that, uh, that well, Xamarin, Xamarin has the Revolve conference. That's yeah, but this big... is, these, are, these are hands-on events. And, you know, uh, like Microsoft Cloud Roadshow with uh, Xamarin, Xamarin uh, this on March 11th. You might be able to go to some of these. I'm saying. Yeah, I might actually go. I have a link in the show notes. Um, yeah. A lot of events, and they're all, and none of that's about building. I mean, some of it comes with the territory, but there's nothing really in there. I Actually, there's not one mention of the Windows platform or Windows desktop in this entire thing. Uh, yeah, let me, let me double check that. But yeah, there's, yeah, man, there's cloud and mobile, which mobile is really code for iOS and Android. Uh, right, right. Holy crap! Steve Wozniak's going to be at the Xamarin Evolve concert uh, conference. Concert. <laughs> We're going to sing to the Microsoft. Uh, so I think what their I think Microsoft's actions are are admission that some of their mobile ambitions and what they're doing now is they're doubling down on. Well, if you're going to do it, just use our stuff, and maybe you want to subscribe to our cloud infrastructure. All right. Well, let's just say that's right because you're starting to sway me to the dark side of Fisher. Is their stuff good? I mean, right? Like, because it's really from a pragmatic point of view, and I know this is going to be unpopular, but isn't that all that matters? Microsoft is, is a mobile good? first, cloud first company. I think when they say mobile now, they, see, when Microsoft said mobile first, I like, first of all, I just got to say really quickly, I really enjoy that their top priority is two things. It's kind of ironic mobile first, cloud first. Anyways, it's really cloud first. See, when they said mobile first last time, I, we all thought Windows mobile. I think when they say mobile first, now they mean Android. Android first, right. cloud first. Hmm. Yeah. I I don't know. I mean, 
And they do have a ton of momentum with a bunch of developers that could apply that knowledge set. I mean, they have a lot of momentum there, but I just don't know if this is a bit, this will be interesting to see how this plays off, how, how it plays out. Because to be honest with you, I just don't necessarily see if it's enough. Because here's one thing that the, the, the chairman has brought up a couple well, of times, and I wanted to, I wanted to bounce off you. How does this, if at all, I mean, now we have open source Swift and we have IBM working with Apple to bring Swift into the enterprise. And so far, their relationship seems to have been surprisingly fruitful, which who saw that one coming? It's shocking. IBM did something correctly. <laughs> and Apple working with a partner and that partner being IBM. Like, when does that ever work out? That when never Steve Jobs w- is not alive. Um, hmm. so this is the chat room has been asking this question is – uh, because this is obviously getting pretty competitive, and Microsoft's got a very, very, very compelling offering here. But you know, it's only one of many other very competitive offerings that have momentum now. You know, maybe you write the front end in Swift, and the back end logic is using uh, Microsoft's tools connected to Azure. So Microsoft does have some pretty. And when I say pretty, I mean extremely productive tools, right? I one, I don't know if I'm the target person for this. First of all, um, I really don't think I am, even though the Xamarin folks would tell you that I am. But what is the what is the value prop for for me, right? Like, do. It's weird because they have all the pieces here for someone to go tomorrow and open. You know, we're a window, we're a Microsoft Shop LLC, right? Really, they have it. But who the hell would do that? And would mm-hmm. that not be like the first step on the road to bankruptcy? You know what I look at here when I look at all these events they have is a lot of little micro events, a lot of micro events. I mean, this list here is just like uh, I think it starts March first. And, uh, geez, all of these take place in March. There's a lot of events in March. And what these, these are going on location to where people who work are and making it, right. you know, hey, you can take a couple hours off work today or take the day off work. This could be a work event. You're coming here and learn more. I mean, they really they, – they seem to be playing to their base with those events. So they seem to be pretty cognizant of where their bread is going to get buttered. Yeah, I think they're playing to the you know the dark matter developer, right? You're mm-hmm. in the enterprise already. You, look, I don't. Maybe I'm wrong. I would love to hear like if one of our listeners like straight up runs a Microsoft slash Xamarin consultancy. Like, tell me what is that like? Is um, the is this the perfect platform for those enterprises that want internal applications developed? And they have they bought a hundred a hundred dollar Android tablets. You know, some cheap China crap. That they could load their own applications on sideways, sideways style. <laughs> Side okay, so I have a couple problems with that. Okay. One, you're an enterprise. Are you telling me you have no Java developers on staff or on contract? Two, you know, Xamarin still requires you to know the native API of the platform you're targeting. Sure, yeah. So, so that isn't, I don't think that, I mean, really, that doesn't seem perfect, though, because you could have an enterprise that has a Microsoft backend, but has, you know, they're not buying Microsoft tablets because they're, expensive and they just want a bunch of uh, tablets for guys on the floor to carry around and check boxes on or for okay then why am i not doing a phone gap or 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 some sort of web-based solution 
<laughs> like I'm, tr- I'm trying to think you are, you are a client, you came to me or a prospective client. You came yeah. to me with this RFP. How, why am I selling you? Cause listen, I mean, listeners of the show will know I have no real loyalty to any platforms, right? I, if I thought I could make money tomorrow by opening Microsoft shop LLC, I would do that. Right. <laughs> like I would totally retrain be running windows 10 and singing Cortana. Um, but I, well, I don't know how this could ever be the right option for the customer other than the customers building their own application internally. That's what right? I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. So and like I said, yes. Yeah, maybe so this the, is not, I mean maybe there maybe these maybe these uh bright uh, women and men who run these companies look out at the uh future and they go, yeah, tablet tablets in the consumer space are just simple cheap consumption devices, but tablets in the workspace have an opportunity to revolutionize you know just think about data input uh just you know on, on the location for companies that so oh, much stuff that's done on paper yeah. and 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 uh and um, clipboards right now that could be done in real time and put into the system there's got to be a huge market for 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 a decade of that stuff i cannot tell you how many inventory and sales systems i've done for tablets yeah yeah but but again those are all you know, HTML5, phone gap, right? They're yeah, not. Yeah, that just makes, I know that makes the most sense. That and just why, makes the why, most if sense. If you're going to build, why wouldn't you do that? Oh, just, I know. I know. I'm just thinking maybe it's, you got developers that know how to do something in house and you want to get them to do your new thing. Right. That seems like the only case where that makes sense because, you know, you but know. That's a huge market. That's the dark matter. That's the dark matter. They are making a product for the dark matter masses. This could be the next generation of dark matter developer projects. Like, this could be the next 10 years of. No, it could be, right? I mean, I. You know, I I kind of wish this was something for me because their website's really pretty. Mm, that's nice. Yeah. But no, all kidding aside, like I I just don't know how this could possibly be useful to people building products. Um and let me rephrase this. Yeah, I know I, I Azure says I'm speculating a lot. I know, but I'm trying to I'm trying to get something that seems really solid to me and right, so so Let's just say it as a question, right? Why are you selecting Microsoft and Xamarin, which really is now just Microsoft, yes, right? Yes. Instead of either, it, and, and, and I understand why you're not picking the native platforms because very few people are picking the native platforms anymore. Well, I think you're looking at this too much from starting fresh. I think no, if you're no, looking no, at this from we've been no, doing he, this he, this way he, for five years. Out. Okay, he, hear me. Out, hear me out. And do you really think? They have these libraries well, like separated from the rest of their code. Seriously, because the whole thing with Xamarin is that you're going to take a PCL, or you're going to have just like a shared code of library, and that's going to be your business logic. And then you're going to have your, you know, your view layer and and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, yeah. That requires a level of discipline that I just don't think exists. I have to agree. At least, yeah. I mean, it's so no matter what maybe you're through doing, NASA. I don't know. <laughs> Yes, but, but I can guarantee you no one is launching a robot to Mars with, with freaking Xamarin. I mean, I'm yeah. pretty sure it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to like I'm, I'm trying to put myself in the conference room, right? I have my little, or, or now my big iPad Pro, ding, ding, running Microsoft PowerPoint, doing a little dog and pony show. And what possible motivation does do one i have to try to sell the customer xamarin two does the customer have to buy xamarin where they would have to pay more pay a licensing fee on top of that you have to honestly it almost i don't gosh i don't know i don't want to overhit this point but it almost seems like if you don't choose html5 for your next generation of business applications that's almost 
like malpractice at the CTO level because what you're doing then is you're just continuing lock-in. And there's no, like, there's no technology that Microsoft offers on the back end that you couldn't expose via an HTML5 application. That's the thing. If, if everything's exposed via an ArrestJSON API, why would you do this? Right? Like, I would not understand. So I mean, you think this is less of a bet about Android and more of a hedge against HTML5 application development? Do you think they could actually be foreseeing that? Or do you think that's so just... So let, let, let me tell you how the sales calls I've had with Xamarin have gone. And they're all wonderful people. They're very nice. <laughs> but they, you know, I kept saying, well, and this was always my sticking point because they, uh, you know, we were considering becoming like a Xamarin certified shop and all that kind of stuff. You know, my problem is, you know, Software consulting, especially for mobile, is extremely competitive right now, right? I mean, it, it, is, it, is, it is rough out there, um, mainly because there's a lot of people who don't actually do the work, sell it, and then try to subcontract it to you, which is awesome and terrible. What, you know, and price is almost always the deciding factor. So the, right off the bat, the fact that there's a minimum $2,000 license fee for Xamarin, and don't talk to me about that indie license because it's garbage, is one I'm automatically two thousand more than my nearest competitor, right? Oh, and since Forms isn't super shippable, I have to you know write the views independently. Why, if I'm already trying to sell them on native, which by the way, the Xamarin salespeople they do not consider Xamarin a hybrid solution. They consider it, and over and over again, the salesperson was on the phone with me. This is not hybrid. This is not a hybrid solution. You have to consider this a native solution. It mm. is native with a little bit of cost savings. That that was uh, her position. Mm. So what the hell, right? This is but, so. The more we talk about this, so Azure in the chat room says Microsoft is going to the enterprise with Xamarin, and IBM is doing the same with Swift. We have an OS two battle on our hands again. I kind of hope Microsoft wins, but. That's just, <laughs> So, so Apple and IBM are doing it via the partnership route, and I think yeah. IBM's hoping to bet on Apple's hardware, getting getting people to BYOD, and Microsoft is betting on their established dark matter developers who want to just continue down their comfortable knowledge path and something that companies are going to look at and go, man, we've invested all of this money into this particular uh, platform. Let's just continue to get dividends from that investment and go this route. So I think Microsoft is going it on their own with, with this now. Now Zamarian is playing a role in there. I think it also has a lot to do about Azure, though. Uh, I, think, I think like all things Microsoft, when you actually look at them, you can find two or three really strong motivations for their decision. And then it comes like that, obviously. like So the enterprise play here seems to be an obvious reason they're, they're doing this. But also, I think you can't discount the fact that they're saying, if you want to create Android applications and iOS applications and really want something that's easy for you to develop, something that ties in with the Microsoft ecosystem you might already be familiar with, whoever you are out there, we have this now. And I think that speaks to the SQL release, too. Uh, so I think, it, like, I think we've identified at least two really strong reasons why Microsoft has made that purchase. The third could be just a defensive purchase even. I mean, there could be all kinds of reasons. Usually yes. when you really yes. break down Microsoft, there's three strong reasons. It's like three people decided on three things, and then they act. Can uh, you imagine if JetBrains bought Xamarin? I was thinking Google. Oh, if Google bought Xamarin, Microsoft would have, Satya Nadella would have committed Harikari right Yeah, and wouldn't, that really? been, wouldn't that have been a show? That would have been great. That would have been terrible. <sighs> that would have been yeah. fun. Yeah. I guess yeah. that probably oh, wasn't likely. But. I just want to say one, two, two things in the chat. Uh, I definitely know that government contracts are totally different, and but I would still argue that how clean is that legacy code? 
is it really already separated out into a library that you can just drop in? I doubt it. Yeah, you know, so many to, times when you're at that point, like maybe some of the original authors aren't even there anymore at the company. They've moved on. Right. You know, so that is a great to point. To Russia, Hong They're, Kong. Technical debt is real. Uh, and to Azer, uh, no, React Native is not. Uh, React Native is just bad. You, you shouldn't be doing React at all. Stop yeah. doing React. Computer, what happened? Seriously, don't yeah. do React. There React sucks. Computer, this React, isn't what I wanted at all. React I'm telling you right now, React is a fad and it's going to go away <laughs> because it doesn't make sense. Huh. Okay, it's trying to solve a problem. It is coupling your views and your data together in a way that's just wrong. You know what be satisfying is uh, to see like in a, in a few months like it come out that there was a competitive bid against Xamarin. What do you think took so long, Mike? That, that, see, that's a real question, right? Why the hell didn't this happen six months ago? Yeah, I mean, when, I, I think it was like it, a year ago we were talking about uh, Miguel flying out there and the team flying out there taking pictures, tweeting about it. I have to think the price wasn't right. I mean, that, to me, that seems like the only... They've actually been kind of coy on the total money spent. It had to be a lot, right? I don't, this, I don't know if they... Let me check the FTC thing here, because should, it should be in here, I would think. Is Xamarin uh, big enough that they have to... Follow? Oh, because Microsoft's big. I'm looking at the FTC approval right now, and I don't see it actually on here. This has acquired entity listed, and, and it just says status granted, but it doesn't say what the price was. I don't know if anybody in the chat room's heard it, but I don't know if they've actually announced it. That's interesting. <laughs> I wonder what that's about. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, I, okay, so you don't really have a, you don't have a solid, not sure. We don't really know. Some, yeah, 300 million. I, heard, no, I heard they were valued around 300 million value mm-hmm. stuff. Tell you I have what. a feeling, Mike, although how revenue positive was Xamarin? See, there's, there's a lot of mystery on the Xamarin side of were they really making money and were they profitable? Because I always got the impression that they were not profitable. If I was a betting man, I would bet that this deal has been in the works since the rumor started. That'd be my I, Well, just how prepared was Microsoft, right, with all these events? And certainly people knew this was happening before it happened. Hmm. Yeah, so OS Rider in the chat room says, and I believe OS Rider says the FTC doesn't usually post it, so we'll have to wait. Yeah, Somebody will have to disclose it. disclose it. I hope they got that in cash. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Mr. Dominic, so the Coda Radio once again calls it. Hey, you know what? You got to say. You got to give it to us. We did, we did totes call it. Not yeah. some other people did too, but I think we were one of the early ones to call it. I think, well, you know, this and Docker, but let me, let me ask you one question before we close out. <laughs> yeah. If if a genie came out of a bottle mm. right now, okay. said, Chris Fisher, yeah. here is $100,000. Go open a, a mobile development shop. But right now, on the spot, you must tell me, are you a native development shop, a Xamarin development shop, or a HTML5 development shop? Which would you open? I got to tell you, native is like, if, I, if I'm risking it all, native is what feels good. However, depending on the application... I seriously would consider HTML5. I really would because uh, I that you know all the reasons. I don't need to go into it. But so it would be right. high on the consideration. You know that is high on the list. Depends on the app. But I lean native initially because I if I'm going to do it, I want to go all in and I want to create something people really like that gets good reviews and maybe gets shared around and written about. Okay. Okay. There you go. Right. How do you feel? Ask yourself that question. Um, I would say HTML5 actually. Really? Okay. Yep. Well, I might, but, maybe I'll change my tune. 
Yeah, but, oh, but you came at it from I'm building a product. I came at it from I need to go schlep around town and try to sell this service to people. <laughs> so we came at it from very different there you perspectives. Go. Yeah. If uh, you have a take out there and you want to come at it, go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash contact and send it in there. Just choose Coda Radio from the drop down. Or like our submitter this week, CodaRadio.reddit.com, talking about cute. Uh, you can also go there to submit topics to the show and join us live over jblive.tv. We do the show on Monday. Noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern at jblive.tv. Go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar to find out about maybe uh, upsets or changes. Mr. Dominic, anywhere you want to send folks this week? Just go ahead to dominicm.com for my continued Xamarin coverage. That's smart. Smart. Go check him out. You can also find him on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter and all that jazz. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning this week's episode of Coda Radio. We'll see you right back here next week.